History, economics, the great works of literature, the meaning of the U.S. Constitution. Did you study these things in school? Probably not. Or even if you did, like I did, maybe it's time for a refresher. Time and technology have changed a lot of things, but they have not changed basic fundamental truths about the world and our place in it as America. That's why I'm so excited that Hillsdale College is offering more than 40 free online courses in the most important and enduring subject. You can learn about the works of C.S. Lewis, the stories in the book of Genesis, the meaning of the U.S. Constitution, the rise and fall of the Roman Republic, or the history of the ancient Christian church with Hillsdale College's online courses, all available for free. That's right, you heard me, for free. You don't get anything free in the Biden economy today. I personally recommend you sign up for the American Citizenship and its Decline. It's with my good friend, the great historian, Victor Davis Hanson. In this eight-lecture course, VDH, as I like to call him, explores the history of citizenship in the West and the threats it faces today. Threats like the erosion of the middle class, the disappearance of our borders, the growth of an unaccountable deep state, and the rise of globalist organizations. The course is self-paced so that you can start whenever and wherever. So start your free course, American Citizenship and Its Decline, with my good friend, Victor Davis Hanson, today. How do you do that? Go right now to hillsdale.edu slash justnews to start. It's free and it's easy to get started and it's an easy URL to remember. All you got to do, go to hillsdale.edu slash justnews. One more time, hillsdale.edu slash justnews. Hello, America. Happy Tuesday and Happy New Year. Yes, it's the second day of the year 2024. A busy year, a lot of elections, not just in the United States. We have a good story up on Just the News today. More than half of the world's voters are going to live in a country that this year will cast ballots for their national leadership. That's right. It ranges from Taiwan, a consequential election just two weeks from now, to the European Union, to India, to maybe Ukraine, although Ukraine is putting it off. Russia, maybe. We'll see. But enormous, enormous elections all across the country. And I think the EU elections in Taiwan are going to have a profound effect, not just on the globe, but also what we experience here in the United States. Why? Because the two leading candidates, most likely Donald Trump and Joe Biden, they have very different approaches to China, very different approaches to Taiwan. On almost every foreign policy aspect, there is a vast difference between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. If that were to be the final electoral slate for November 2024, in the interim, there'll be a lot of big changes where Europe and Taiwan and India and others make a very strong statement about what they're going to do in the world. So 2024 is a year of consequence, electoral consequence, not just in the United States, although we're well aware of that here. Hey, speaking of consequences, we began the year with a major resignation, one that I think a lot of people wonder, why did it take so long? Claudine Gay, the Harvard University president, stepped down today in the midst of increasing scandal over both plagiarism, her past works as an academic, and her inability to respond to anti-Semitism that was rampant on Harvard's campus. This troubles began when she and two other college professors appeared before Congress, could not repudiate strong enough for most Americans. The anti-Semitism on display made a lot of excuses why a university, a liberal university, couldn't 
condemn or stop anti-Semitic acts, not anti-Semitic sentiments. We're not talking about restraining free speech. We're talking about actions. Well, today, two of the three professors who testified that day are out of a job. That's right. UPenn lost its president after her performance. And then Claudine Gay stepping down, resigning today. That's some big news that broke on Just the News. In fact, I think we were one of the first news organizations to have that story up. One of the great benefits of being in the Just the News family, right? You're here and you realize, hey, Just the News and the gang there, uh, our great fast file team, they keep you up to speed on all of the major developing news. And last night we had some big ones. We we broke the story of a major Israeli strike against one of the leaders of the attacks on the kibbutz in Israel on October 7th. Today, we were out there right away with the strike on one of the most heinous leaders of Hamas leadership, one of the founders of the military branch of Hamas. He was taken out. We're going to address a lot of Iran today. Why? Because we're going to open up the 2024 year, the 2024 podcast cycle with Waleed Ferris, one of the most important voices in national security and the author of a book that had it right, right? So many people forget to recognize that Iran is in a proxy war with the United States. It considers the United States to be the great Satan. It is funding the Houthis who are attacking cargo ships in the Red Sea. It's funding Hezbollah. It's funding other Islamic extremists, anti-American Islamic extremists across the globe. And of course, it funded Hamas and directed, in many ways, the Hamas attacks of October 7th. Waleed Ferris wrote the book, Iran, an imperialist republic in U.S. policy. He had it right. Way before October 7th, he was warning the American people that we're in a proxy war with Iran today. We're going to walk through some of the important developments of that proxy war. What are those? Well, like I said, Israel today killed Salah al-Awari, Hamas's deputy political bureau chairman and one of the founding commanders of the terrorist organization's military wing. That is a big strike, a big win for Israel, big loss for Iran and Hamas. We're going to talk to Waleed about that in a little bit. Also on the Iran front, big news over the last few days, UN agencies and Western countries confirming that Iran is in flagrant breach of the JCPA. That's the nuclear deal that Barack Obama put into place, and they're getting close to producing enough material to produce a small nuclear bomb. I think there's another scenario that we're not thinking about. They could also go out and buy a small nuclear weapon, something that is of grave concern to the United States. Iran not behaving well, despite all the billions of dollars that the Biden administration has allowed to flow through it, through oil sales and other things. Again, we're in a proxy war with them. We should be acutely aware of this, and I'm pretty sure Dr. Waleed Ferris will bring us up to speed on it. We're going to cover all that today because we are in one of the most epic struggles with a terror-sponsoring state, and our president doesn't fully acknowledge the risk that Iran poses, nor how his own policies have enriched Iran. That's something that you heard President Trump talk about over the weekend in my podcast with him. Hey, Joe Biden's made Iran rich again, and that's not good for the United States. All right, we're going to bring in my amazing colleague here at Just the News, Stephen Richards. He joined us several months ago. One of the great investigative reporters in this country he used to work with Seamus Bruner and Peter Schweitzer. Now he's here exclusively at Just the News here in Washington, D.C. He had a very, very important story this morning that a lot of people are talking about. Chinese energy exec tied to Hunter Biden participated in the Patrick Ho bribery scheme, according to court files. Now, 
we've ever talked ad nauseum on the show about Patrick Coe. He's the guy that went to prison after paying a million dollar fee to Hunter Biden to be his lawyer or legal strategist, was directly involved in a lot of the CEFC China energy deals that landed the Biden family and their companies $9 million in 2017 alone, according to federal prosecutors and the records they've made public. But there's a second guy who hasn't gotten enough attention. And today, Stephen Richards put a bullseye over his name and over the body of evidence that is sitting in plain view in a New York federal courthouse. The name of this person, Zhang Jingjun. He was one of the top executives at CEFC China Energy. He reported directly to the chairman, Yi Jianming. He had enormous contacts with Hunter Biden. In fact, one of the earliest contacts between Hunter Biden and CEFC went through Zhang. And what you learned from this story today was that Zhang, though he wasn't charged in the Patrick Ho case, he was clearly a major player in the bribery scheme that led to Patrick Ho's conviction a few years ago and, and Patrick Ho being sent to prison. Zhang was mentioned in text messages. He was mentioned in court trial testimony. Jake Gaddio, the former Minister of Foreign Affairs of Senegal, testified about the meetings that Patrick Ho and a CFC delegation had with the president of Chad, during which bribes from CFC were paid. Gaddio was a connection who Ho exploited in order to meet with the president of Chad in an attempt to secure favorable oil rights in the African country. And during a meeting with the Chadian president, the CFC delegation presented the African leader with $2 million in cash. That was a bribe. It was concealed in gift boxes. That's according to the U.S. Justice Department, evidence directly in, put into the Patrick Ho case. The president rejected money, but later accepted it as a quote-unquote charitable donation. That's how things work in Africa sometimes. In transcripts of his testimony at Ho's trial, Gaddio described that meeting and the CFC delegation that presented the gift, quote-unquote, <laughs> to the Chadian president. I think the government considered it a bribe. The U.S. government did. And he pointed out that Zeng was in there as part of the delegation who met at that meeting. Gaddio added in later testimony that Patrick Ho told him that Zhang was an important official in CFC. Dr. Ho told me several times that Mr. Zhang was a key element in the CEFC, you know, power structure. He told me that he's running their Beijing office and he can even be considered like the number two guy in the organization. That's direct testimony from Gaddio. This, so this is some important stuff. And what's great about the great work that Stephen Richards does, he put all of the documents, all of the evidence, all the transcripts in there so you can read them yourself. Now, again, Zhang was never charged with any wrongdoing. But there is a great question. Why was someone so directly involved with Hunter Biden also involved in this other case and not further mentioned, not further pursued by prosecutors, the FBI? That's a question I'm pretty sure that investigators on Capitol Hill are going to ask. We've tried to reach out to the former CFC officials, haven't had much luck, but it's very important to take a look at this story. There's some really remarkable information that just hasn't hit the airwaves hasn't hit the news media before. Of course, here at Just the News, we pride ourselves in getting you that information. And today, Stephen Richards does a good job on that very important story. I think you're going to hear a lot more about CEFC in the next few weeks from Chairman Comer, Chairman Jordan, Chairman Smith, the three leaders of the Joe Biden impeachment inquiry as we ramp up into 2024. All right. Hey, one uh, quick thing. You often are blessed to hear Devin Nunes, the former congressman, the current CEO of Trump Media and Technology Group, the company that runs Truth Social platform, social media platform. But a lot of people don't know this, but Congressman Nunes is a vinter. He makes some incredible wines. In fact, I got some over the holidays. Unbelievable high quality, great tasting wines that blew my guests away at one of our New Year's parties. Like, man, it's the best wine. Well, he's got a founder's club that you can go 
join. I've joined. You should join. It's called the DevinNunezWines.com club, right? DevinNunezWines.com. All one word. DevinNunezWines.com. You go there. Uh, if you want to join the Founders Club, you're going to get a special promo code and discount. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. Devin Nunez's wines are really amazing. I'm uh, not a wine snob, but I like my wine. I like good tasting wine, particularly over the holidays. Devin Nunez's bright wine brightened up my entire family's uh, holiday celebration. Go to DevinNunezWines.com today. Go tell Devin, thank you for standing up and getting the truth on Russia collusion, on Ukraine, on, on the Biden family scandals, and also for making a great wine. Go join his Founders Club. It's a great investment. You'll get wines all year long that are extraordinary, top-notch, great wines at top-of-the-game winery now. It's uh, one of the many skills that Devin brings to this great country of the United States. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, Waleed Ferris up first. All right, we'll be right back after these messages. Folks, Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day, and I want you on this journey with me. Why? It's literally one scoop a day. It tastes great. I love the fruit flavors particularly, and it's completely improved my life and my health. This is nutrition the way nature intended. When I began taking a hard look at why I wasn't feeling good and why I felt unhealthy, why I was gaining weight, why I was losing energy, it wasn't just because I had hit my 50s. No, it was because I wasn't getting the right amount of fruit and vegetables in my diet. And listen, it's, I'm just too busy to go to the store, clean up the vegetables, cook a, a vegetable dinners and make sure I hit the fruit. A field of greens stepped in. One scoop of powder in my drink or on my eggs in the morning and boom, I was off and feeling better. And suddenly I was losing weight. I was sleeping better. My metabolism went up. My blood sugar went down. My cholesterol went down and my weight went down. And my doctor said, hey, whatever you're doing, keep it doing. You know what that is? It's Field of Greens. That's what I've been doing. Field of Greens is radically different. Each organic fruit and vegetable was medically chosen to support heart and vital organ health. I trust Field of Greens to keep me healthy. I promise you, you're going to love this product. But if for any reason you don't, they'll give you 100% money back guarantee. Now, you're going to get 15% off your first order plus free rush shipping because of the incredible partnership we have here at Just the News with Brick. House Nutrition, and of course, Field of Greens. All you got to do to take advantage of this offer, visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Don't wait. Go to fieldofgreens.com today. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS for 15% off. Hey, folks, it's John Solomon here. Today, I want to shine a light on AMAC, an organization who's dedicated to America's seniors, but is vital for conservatives of all ages. AMAC stands out by not only advocating for senior issues, but also by pushing for conservative values that affect us all. By joining, you're not just supporting our senior citizens, you're part of a movement defending the freedoms that made this country great and to ensure that we secure our nation's future. Plus, membership brings you exclusive benefits like discounts on travel, dining, and entertainment, and of course, special insurance rates, one of the things I like. Regardless of your age, if you're driven to preserve freedom, AMAC welcomes you. This is about uniting youthful vigor with the wisdom of experience and our quest to keep this country great. Sign up now for amac.us slash justnews. And for a limited time, you get a free gift membership for someone else who shares your love for our great nation. Don't miss out on this chance to make a difference from AMAC. Join today at amac.us slash justnews. That's amac.us slash justnews. And extend the invitation to a friend or a family member for free. What a great opportunity. 
All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. So much going on in the globe right now. We start 2024 with extraordinary strife across the globe, whether it's Russia, Ukraine, Israel, Hamas, or Iran everywhere, because Iran is an agitator from the Red Sea all the way to the United States shores. I thought I would bring in the author of one of my favorite books of 2023, Iran, an imperialist republic and U.S. policy. He is one of the country's premier foreign policy and security experts, Dr. Walid Ferris, and he joins us right now. Doctor, Happy New Year. Great to have you on. Happy New Year to you, and thank you for having me as your first guest. That's an honor. It is. I couldn't think of a better first guest because I think so much of our coverage in the world and the news media today kind of views Israel and Hamas in a vacuum, but Iran, the proxy war that Iran is carrying out, whether it's Hezbollah, Hamas, the United States, Red Sea with the Houthis, Iran is at the source of so much of the angst in the world right now. A lot of things have happened in the last couple of days. I want to start with the strikes yesterday and today. Yesterday, Israel killed one of the Hamas leaders who led the raids on the kibbutz, some of the most heinous crimes we've seen in a long time. And then today, Israel killed Saleh al-Warari, one of the founders of Hamas's military wing, very close to Iran. Two very big strikes, two big losses for Iran back to back, right? Absolutely. This is a major strike. I have tweeted already that uh, Israel basically eliminated the equivalent, its equivalent, of Qasem Soleimani, who was eliminated by, uh, by the Trump administration uh, in 2020. And it was, uh, you know, they attacked him with a drone. He was hiding within the security perimeter of Hezbollah. So I can see this as two messages, one to Hamas, that your leaders, and this one in particular, who are all over the region under the protection of Iran's militias, cannot be spared. And even if you are sitting inside uh, Hezbollah's quarter, that is the second message to Hezbollah. But more importantly, as you just mentioned in the introduction, John, um, he is the commander of all Hamas forces outside Gaza. And even more important, he is the coordinator between Hamas in Gaza, Hezbollah in Lebanon, the Iranian, Iraqi militias and Syrian militias and Tehran. So he is de facto, was de facto the Soleimani, the new Soleimani of the region. And the Israelis had to eliminate him because he actually, and, and now social media is reporting this by the Hamas supporters, he was the one who coordinated the whole operation of October 7. Wow. That is a huge strike, a huge loss for Iran and Hamas, a big win for Israel and a win for uh, the survivors of October 7, too. There's some sense of justice now as, as these heinous criminals are brought to justice, either through death or through arrest. Uh, there's got to be a little bit of satisfaction knowing that these people won't be in a position to create uh, havoc again like they did on October 7th. There's another thing going on, and I saw a couple of reports on this over the last few weeks. The number of internal executions in Iran at an eight-year high. It appears that Iran and the Mullahs are very concerned internally about their stability and security. They're executing a lot more agitators or people who oppose the regime. Is that concerning? And also, what's driving it? Well, that's a great question. Um, and the Iranian opposition figures are now starting to explain what's going on. Unfortunately, the administration here and the European governments are not really taking care of that situation. But nevertheless, one of the four reasons that Iran ordered Hamas to conduct a, um, a genocidal operation, really, against the Israelis on October 7, one of the reasons, the other reasons we've spoken about, we're going to continue to talk about Iran, Saudi rapprochement was one reason. 
uh, obviously uh, attacking American troops in Syria and Iraq. There are many reasons. One major reason was to drive the attention of world opinion from what's happening inside Iran, meaning the revolt against the Iran regime, onto Gaza. You look at the media and you are in the heart of the media. All the discussions, all the debates are about what's going to happen between Israel and, and Gaza. The question is, what is happening now inside Iran is that the regime is taking advantage of this uh, inattention and they are systematically, systematically executing young people, male, female from different communities, Kurds, Iranians, etc., because they will take advantage of that moment to really eliminate the leaders and to really eliminate the voices inside Iran. So by the time there will be solutions in the region, nobody would uprise inside Iran. So that's really Machiavellian at the end of the day. There's another major development too, and that is um, UN saying major breach of the JCPOA, right? And Iran much, much closer to a nuclear, enough nuclear material to build a small nuclear bomb, not acting at all in good conscience, despite all of the concessions that Biden made. This is another red flag, right? Absolutely. Here, here's the deal. And I'm, I'm happy, um, you know, I have your platform to, to send messages to the, the people in, interested in America about what's happening. This is not the first time, John. The Iranian regime over many years, ha, it, it's like a remote control process. They would increase the production. Oh, it's getting above 40. It's now 60. They send these panicking messages and the result of it, not actions neither by the Obama administration, nor by the Biden administration. The Trump administration actually withdrew from the deal, which, is, which drove the Iranian leaders really to, 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 uh, to, to, to just be silent for four years. And once that is done, then the Biden administration will negotiate, we're gonna give you money, but stop developing. That is something that is really, really strategically dangerous for us. So they are using that increase in the production of uranium to get billions and billions of dollars. And quickly, what are they doing with those monies? Number one, they are arming Hamas, Hezbollah, the other militias. They are, as you and I have discussed, developing influence inside the United States and in the West. Those influences may be also behind a lot of the activities by pro-Hamas, you know, protests and other uh, actions that have been seen here. But the most important matter is they have enough cash, John, to buy a tactical nuke. Everybody's looking at the production of uranium. Guess what? They could buy it on the market, right? Yeah, they may get it. Mm. And at the end of the day, when you look back at the last two, three years of Iran policy under Joe Biden, how much responsibility does the Biden administration bear for October 7th, for what's going on in the Red Sea, all the disruption of the cargo ships? It seems as though there's a direct correlation between Biden's capitulations and Iran's bad behavior. Is that an unfair comparison for the president? Absolutely not. John, you and I discussed it. People can go back to your podcast and listen again to the warnings we've developed. I've developed and then you you gave me the platform. Since the withdrawal, this um, reckless withdrawal from Afghanistan, when we empower the Taliban, Taliban means all jihadists around the world. Since our return, that's all under the Biden administration, to the table of negotiations with the Iran regime and the empowerment of that regime with billions and billions of dollars, we have delisted the Houthis. Now the Houthis are back to wreak havoc in, in the Red Sea. We have done so many wrong things that definitely these are the results, the direct results of that wrong policy, which was inherited, unfortunately, from the Obama administration years.
It's just it's just stunning to watch because it's so common sense. I mean, anyone that looked at said, all right, why are we going to arm people that chant death to the America? Why would we give cash to them? Why would we look the other way? Why would we take someone we know is involved in terrorist activity, take them off and delist them? And uh, people were scratching their heads. But now the answer is whatever the why is, the outcome is it's made the world so much more unsafe on on almost every platform I can think of right now. You just look around and Iran is far more bold in its assault on freedom, assault on stability in the world. Do you see any evidence that the Biden administration, it could be something as crass as, hey, we got an election coming up. We better tighten up for a while. Do you see any changes in their approach? Uh, It seemed as though there was some discussion just before Christmas. Maybe they would put the hoodies back on the terrorism list, but a little bit off a little late for that action. But do you see any evidence that the Biden administration may try to make a leap to a different location on their strategy right now? Logically, John, they should. If I am advising them, which I am not, obviously, I'll tell them, look, you have one year to correct the wrongs. One year. And that's the election year. And if I was advising them, you would win if you would change. But it looks like the administration is really sinking into an internal political warfare. The Iran regime, the Iran deal lobby is pressuring them. No, do not change your policy with regard to Iran. And then we investigated a little bit analytically and my book as well, because somebody is making money here because there are financial interests who are profiting from us sending billions of dollars to Iran. So definitely they're going to be pressuring the, uh, the, the Biden administration. On the other hand, obviously, Congress is not happy. There is a whole wing of the Democratic Party now that is not happy since October 7. Even in Hollywood, you see people who are saying, what are we doing? So they are divided. And I don't know if they have the right advisors to uh, advise uh, President uh, Biden to change course. That is a question I cannot answer. We'll see in the next few months. Yeah, no, it is a head scratcher. There was a tragic episode in Rochester, New York, I think initially investigated as terrorism right now. It doesn't appear to be as clearly a clear link to terrorism, but a gentleman with a lot of uh, gas canisters in his car crashes into a concert venue. A subtle reminder that there are a lot of actors out there looking to create harm. And we don't know a lot of people even who are in our borders anymore, what they're up to. How big a warning sign is what happened to Rochester? Even if it's not a terror attack, pretty strong warning signs that we got to be more vigilant, right? Well, actually, I was told by the FBI, people who work on these issues, that their lists of suspects are really growing at 10 times fold at least since October 7. So I think that the penetration of this country has been going on in, by multiple ways, but the biggest open gate, that is the crumbling of our southern border. I mean, we see them on TV by the thousands. I'm not saying the thousands, even by dozens who would penetrate or infiltrate and they end up in an open country, which is our dream to have an open country like this one where they can buy anything they want. And I said, buy where the money is coming from. Well, of course, from the terrorist organizations, of course, from the Iran regime, from the Brotherhood, from the cartels. I mean, you don't need to be an expert to realize that. I think we are at a present dangerous situation whereby there are networks of radicals on the inside of the country. This could this case could be terrorism or not, but this case will send a message to us that we need to take care of our southern border. It's really a national security threat. Yeah, it is. And there are just, whether it's the FBI director, retired FBI counterterrorism experts, 
national security experts from every wing, really even the left, uh, the left and the right now are both concerned that the border has become a liability for this entire country. There is some discussion that maybe a deal gets made in the budget to tighten things up a little bit. Your thoughts on that and how hard should Republicans hold out to get a good deal, not, not just a, you know, a, a deal in name only, but a real deal? They need to be strong and get a real deal because all what they have really are those nine months to come. And in those nine months, they have to change the course of the administration and spending on things we should not be spending on. And, and at the same time, make sure that all our national defense, national security, but more important, let me add that one thing that, to the list of things that Congress should address educational system you know we just realized over the past few months and you had many great guests on this uh, that educational system is responsible for the radicalization of hundreds of thousands of individuals both who are could be posing threats here in this country or or overseas so the republicans and some of the democrats should get together and make sure to have a package that would respond to the national emergency we're facing yeah it's uh, it is a stunning and um uh, it's sobering time to realize the self-inflicted danger we put ourselves in. This all avoidable, and yet we don't seem to uh, have uh, the media covering the obvious thing, which is that this was <laughs> conscious decisions by U.S. officials that left us in this moment. Do you think that Alejandro Mayorkas will face impeachment this year? He will face attempts for impeachment. But if I'm, you know, I don't do much uh, domestic politics, but if something bad, God forbid, happened within the United States and all the jihadists and the bad actors and the radicals are aiming to create some events as also the first time I am quoting uh, unofficial sources from the FBI and other law enforcement agencies. They see that shatter. They know that there is an attempt. Well, then it will be logical that he will himself uh, recuse himself if that happens in the United States. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's um, it is a, a stunning thing. Uh, one last question, because I think it's an interesting moment. I think a lot of people expect 2024 to be a pocketbook election because people feel the effect of inflation. They feel the effect of high interest rates. They feel the effect of having to rely on their credit card to make ends meet because uh, they can no longer meet the uh, the bills. But there is evidence in the polling for the, that uh, foreign policy and national security policy are becoming a bigger concern for American voters. That is rare. Normally, people just don't pay attention to it very often because they got other things to worry about. It probably is a strong statement that the Biden global policies have left people feeling vulnerable and uncomfortable. But do you think national security becomes a bigger role in the 2024 election than maybe in past elections? John, you know, I have been twice, not one time, twice, a senior national security foreign policy advisor to two presidential candidates, the, the Romney campaign in 11-12, and of course, the Trump campaign in 2016, early 17. And I can tell you one thing, and I'm also a professor and a media person like yourself who can engage with the public and know exactly what's concerning for them. This is the highest moment in American politics where national security is totally linked to foreign policy. I'm not talking about maybe communities uh, affected by the Ukraine war or what, what's happening in Yemen. We're talking about a lot of people in America who saw what happened on October 7. October 7 changed not just life in Israel, it changed life here. You know, when you have kids, babies, women ravaged, killed that way, any neighborhood moms here, and I spoke with many of them, would tell me this has impacted them the most. So yes, foreign policy, national security is going to be high 
on the agenda in this election. Yeah, it's a, it's such an extraordinary uh, moment. It, it is, a, it is a, a direct result of Joe Biden's decisions. That people just feel vulnerable today in ways that they haven't felt in a very long time. And I think they also look more fondly to a time when they felt more secure, which they were feeling that way under President Donald Trump. It's very interesting to see the change in sentiments. Waleed, every time I look at the news, I go back and refer to your book. I, I think the timing of when you published Iran and Imperialist Republic in U.S. policy was so brilliant because history was about to unfold and all of the warnings in that book, all of the fact that we're in a proxy war with Iran, whether we like it or not, uh, it's so important. Anyone who hasn't gotten this book, folks, go get it. It is a must-have, particularly as 2024 unfolds. You're going to see more of the heinous acts of Iran, I fear, across this globe. Great honor to have you on. Great way to start our new year with one of the great national security voices. Dr. Waleed Ferris, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, John, for having me. And I hope you're going to have a, a very nice, good New Year. Thank you. Amen for that. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add Lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a healthcare provider. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. As I mentioned at the top of the show, a great story by the investigative reporter and my colleague here at Just the News, Stephen Richards. He's done such great work. The impeachment investigators in the House following every word that he writes because he digs up new things. And today he focused on and brought to light another new character in the international business world that was dealing with the Bidens. And we know about CEFC China, 
We know about Patrick Ho. We know about Chairman Yee. But there's a third guy that was part of the CEFC approach to the Biden family, actually pretty involved with the Biden family. His name was Zhang. And he shows up sometimes in emails and text messages on the laptop and in some of the early discussions. Remember, this was a relationship that a major bank flagged when they saw the $9 million flowing to the Bidens in 17 in the form of a $3 million thank you payment and a $5 million loan and a $1 million legal retainer from Patrick Ho. The bank said, hey, this looks like China buying influence with a political family. That's what a bank wrote in one of its SARS, its suspicious activity reports. Well, the third guy in that transaction is Zhang. And what we didn't know until Stephen Richards' great reporting this morning was that Zhang was involved in the Patrick Ho bribery case. In fact, he's present for some of the important conversations with African leaders where bribes were allegedly paid, according to the Justice Department. Joining us right now to tell us what he found, why it's important, and why CFC China is becoming a bigger and bigger part of the impeachment inquiry and the Biden family grift story, Stephen Richards himself. Stephen, Happy New Year. Welcome to the show. Happy New Year to you as well, John, and thanks for having me on today. The, oh, this is a great story. I love the detail in it. There's nothing like taking a, a document dive and helping people find things in court files that they might not have other, uh, other known or seen before. Tell us a little bit about what you learned about Mr. Zhang when you went through the court files. So as you mentioned, in the court files uh, for Patrick Ho, so this individual worked for a nonprofit um, that was funded entirely by CEFC, which was in business uh, with Hunter Biden. Um, you find another official named Zhang, as you described. And in this uh, court filing, in this transcript, it was revealed that Zhang uh, was present when Patrick Ho brought a two million bribe uh, in cash to the president of Chad in an effort to secure an energy deal for CEFC. And why Zhang is important um, is Ho described him, according to these court documents, as the number two official at CEFC. And through email communications obtained from Hunter Biden's laptop, um, as well as uh, text messages given to us by the House Oversight Committee uh, publicly, um, Zhang was a close associate with Hunter Biden uh, at this time, uh, or not after uh, after the bribery scheme, but uh, during 2017. And this is the same individual he should be familiar uh, because Hunter Biden actually sent a threatening text message invoking his father. Pay up or face the wrath of my dad, right? That was what the text message said, essentially. Yes, he invoked his father's name saying, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, between me and this man sitting next to me, which is his father, uh, you will regret not uh, listening to me, which Hunter Biden is trying to secure a deal uh, for himself for, and for his family uh, to be paid millions of dollars. And it's important, right? Shortly after that threat, right? Uh, the money flowed, right? The $5 million loan kind of comes in after uh, that little uh, threat. Is that right? Yes, indeed. So this guy is the guy receiving the threat. I assume he's the guy that ends up getting the money done because that's what he does, right? Uh, and before that, he's involved in these overtures to the African government where the United States Justice Department, this isn't you saying this, this is the Justice Department in court records eliciting testimony saying, Mr. Zhang's president when $2 million in uh, gifts, bribery, uh donations, I think they ultimately disguised it as a charitable donation, uh, are being paid to Africa in order to gain access for some energy and mineral resources there. Uh, but Zhang never gets charged, does he? That's correct. Even though he appears uh, in the transcript of the court documents, um, he's never charged. 
ultimately only Patrick Ho um, who helped to facilitate these bribes, uh, planning them when he was in the United States, was charged by the Justice Department. Is there any indication why they didn't bring him here? Um, it was easy to get Patrick Ho, right? So why not the guy that's one up from Patrick Ho? Because in the pecking order, Patrick Ho describes um, Zhang as the number two official, right? There's Chairman Yi. We know who he is. Patrick Ho is the guy that goes to prison, you know, pays for the crime. The guy between those two that's directly president is, is Zhang, really a, a a superior officer to Patrick Ho in the way this was described to the court. Any idea why he wasn't charged? Uh, so the Justice Department did not uh, respond to my uh, request on that. Um, it could potentially be something, anything from a jurisdiction issue uh, to a lack of evidence specifically uh, for Zhang. Um, but I think it does raise questions, um, especially surrounding Hunter Biden's involvement with the, the CEFC officials, um, because as the Heritage Foundation reported um, a couple months back, Hunter Biden's name, it appears, uh, was pulled out of or redacted from some of the court documents at the request of the prosecutors on the case. And there was an email involving Hunter Biden, right? And I guess it, the name was uh, uh, blacked out or redacted, right? Yes, correct. And as far as I know, from what it looks like, that was uh, Hunter Biden's Hunter Biden's name based on contemporary uh, emails from Hunter Biden's laptop. Well, that is uh, why so many people are worried. And there, there's another question here, right, which is in, uh, there's a $3 million payment that goes to the Biden family companies in March of 2017. It's called the thank you payment, I think, in some of these documents. I'd like to get a $3 million thank you payment, but uh, we don't. But uh, the Hunter Biden family did. The Biden family did. Then there's a $5 million loan, which we know some of the proceeds ultimately make their way into Joe Biden's checking account in the form of a $40,000 payment from his brother, which came from proceeds from the, the China loan. Uh, but then there's this million-dollar payment that Hunter Biden gets as a legal retainer. He's hired to be a lawyer uh, or part of the legal team for Patrick O. right around the time that he's being indicted. Uh, Congress has been very interested in that because they want to know, did he do any legal work for that money? What uh, light do we know on that? Can there anything you can shed on that? Uh, is that? Or is that one of the big mysteries that Congress is trying to unravel with impeachment? So, yes, that's important, Hunter Biden's involvement uh, with Ho's legal defense. Um, last year, uh, in an article that I, I reported on, um, Hunter Biden, some emails from his laptop indicate that he uh, was part of organizing Ho's defense. So a couple of emails obtained show that he reached out to the firm that ended up representing Ho during his trial. Um, and subsequently, those lawyers participated in the sessions where Hunter Biden's name was allegedly redacted from the materials. So he did provide some work. Uh, I think a question that Congress will probably look into is whether um, the one million retainer fee was exorbitant for for that amount of work. Yeah, that's a, and it fits a pattern, right? Of uh, these big checks come in, but it's not clear that you can match up an equal amount of work for that. I think that's the thing that you keep hearing, Chairman Comer and uh, Chairman Smith and Chairman Jordan raise. Um, when you step back and then people say, okay, well, that's Hunter Biden. We got Hunter Biden. He seems like he's got a lot of problems, tax evasion, gun charges, uh, bad uh, or, or foreign clients that have a lot of baggage, so to speak. Uh, how does this relate to uh, Joe Biden? And I think uh, you and I had a good story over the uh, just before Christmas where we revealed that according to 
one of the interviews that FBI and IRS agents did with one of the Biden family associates, Rob Walker. Rob Walker says that Joe Biden met not once, but twice with CFC officials, once in 2017. That's been kind of known for a while. What was new is when you got the FBI interview and the transcript, you found out that Joe Biden may have met with CEFC officials while he was still vice president, essentially helping to cement the deal or create the relationship. Uh, Hunter Biden could once again deliver his dad as part of the brand. That seems to be a very important area for Congress to be looking at right now, right? That's that earlier meeting why uh, that Rob Walker says occurred, why Joe Biden might have still been vice president. Correct. And I think what it appears that the Biden family was attempting to do with this deal with CEFC is to set up um, income for after Joe Biden left office, uh, presumably for the last time at that point. And you can see if you trace their communications via emails, um, they're preparing for this deal with the CEFC company before Joe Biden leaves office. And ultimately, as you said, from the interview with Rob Walker, we know that Biden was, or President, now President Biden was participating or planned to participate in, in this venture. And we know from uh, another former business partner, Bob Olinsky, that uh, they were directed to remain quiet about Joe Biden's involvement uh, in this deal. Yeah, it's it's pretty remarkable. And and this idea that the work was done and the payment was deferred so that it wouldn't be obvious that a vice president was getting or his family was getting money from China really has moved up the um, pecking order in terms of uh, the uh, concerns that Congress has. And I think with these subpoenas and Rob Walker is one of those guys that they want to talk to, Eric Schwerer and another guy who kept the books for uh, Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. I think he's going to be another guy who could fill in the blanks. But China, China, China becoming more and more important. And I think it goes back to that question that Ron Johnson first raised with Senator Chuck Grassley back in 2020 when they did the first Biden investigation. Was this family compromised by these relationships? Are the policies we see today with China, uh, sometimes a lot of people call them lenient, uh, are they a result of the fact that the family got so much money? That is a big question. At one point, I think Hunter Biden made an interesting, colorful re- reference to Patrick Coe. Can you remind folks what uh, what Hunter Biden once referred, Pat- uh, referred to Patrick Coe as? Yes. According to a report from the New York Post, uh, a recording obtained from Hunter Biden's laptop, uh, he referred to Patrick Ho as the effing spy chief of China, uh, which is interesting to say the least. There's not much public record about Ho's connection with Chinese intelligence, but he did. He was a former official of the Hong Kong Special Administrative Region, uh, part of the Chinese government, um, right after it was returned to the Chinese by the British. Um, so he definitely has a government connection there. Uh, and the, the official that he worked under there is connected with um, the Chinese People's Consultative Conference, uh, which is known to be uh, associated with Chinese intelligence at the least. Remarkable stuff. And, and you, 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 when you look at this now and you realize, hey, well, for some reason, Hunter Biden thinks these guys are connected to Chinese intelligence. And then you look at... James Biden, the brother, he gives an FBI interview saying, yeah, we knew Chairman Yi was directly related to the Chinese president himself, President Xi. The family kind of knew that they were playing um, footsie with a, a, a communist Chinese company and with ones with high ties. And it raises a big question. I think this is going to be the question that Congress will be asking in the next few weeks. And that is, um, 
did uh, the Biden family get one or more defensive briefings? At, at some point or another, does uh, Hunter Biden think that Patrick Ho is a spy chief because his family got some form of a briefing? That is something we have not seen Congress go after, but I think it becomes more and more important uh, with this much involvement with a communist Chinese company that was involved in bribery, according to the Justice Department, you would have thought at some point somebody in the U.S. government would have said to Joe Biden or, hey, Hunter Biden, stay away from these guys, or at least you should know who you're dealing with or involved in bribery, Chinese government, et cetera. Thus far, we haven't seen any evidence of a defensive briefing, correct? Uh, no, John, not that I'm aware of. Um, and it certainly wouldn't surprise me if they did. And that's something to be on the lookout for, especially the things you mentioned with CEFC and the intelligence connection, uh, but as well, the company was at the time planning to buy a major stake in the Russian state-owned oil company. So you have these two countries that I think the current administration and, and previous ones would classify as adversaries. Um, they have this company investing in adversaries, uh, oil ventures, state-owned, while working with the Biden family. Unreal. These are really serious stuff. I mean, this is more than just a game of political gotcha or a political scandal. There are real national security issues. And Stephen, your work, uh, the, the tireless work, I know how much work you had to do to put this story together, going through all those court transcripts, reading them. They're dense. They're long. You got to try to make sense of things that they're alluding to. Uh, you brought this story to life today in a very important way. It was really well done. And um, I think uh, your great work is helping Americans understand that there's a national security component to the Biden family profiteering overseas. And uh, we're just so lucky to have you here at Just the News. Thanks for your great work today. I appreciate it, John. Thank you. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll just think about what Stephen was talking about. I can't, I can't get it out of my mind how important these revelations are. We'll wrap up with some final thoughts before we end the day. But first, a quick message from our great advertisers, sponsors, and partners here at Just the News. We'll be right back. Folks, if you get your wallet stolen or your cell phone or your car, we know what it is. It's old-fashioned theft. It's crime. We know it. Criminals now have a new way to steal our most valuable asset, our homes. Older Americans are most vulnerable to these types of thefts, and that's because they more often own their homes outright. An 88-year-old Florida woman recently discovered that scammers forged her signature, created a fake deed to her home, and then took her property. Those who buy a property from a deed theft scammer often become victims as well. What can you do to protect yourself? It's simple. My good friends at Home Title Lock provide the premier detection technology to protect your home and its title. The instant they detect an activity or something suspicious, they mobilize to help shut it down. We won't know a thief took us off our title until it's too late. That's why Title Lock jumps into action right away. The titles to all our homes are easily found online. A criminal or renter, even a family member, can simply forge your signature on a home sale form, then he or she refiles as the new owner, and bam, your home is not in your name, and all of a sudden, debts are being taken out against it. That's why Home Title Lock is my choice. Find out for free when you use my code JUSTNEWS at sign up. You'll get a free comprehensive scan of your home's title and 30 days of legendary home title lock protection free. So go to hometitlelock.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's the promo code JUSTNEWS at hometitlelock.com. Go there today. Folks, Factors delicious, ready to eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre prepared, chef crafted, and dietitian approved. 
Meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, plus veggie, and so much more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutritional packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious and easy. What are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. If you're like me and have a busy schedule that the last thing you want to worry about is what to eat or having to go to the grocery store, Factor makes it easy. As they are flexible to your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Plus, Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, usually in just two minutes. So there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Head to factormeals.com slash justnews50 and use the promo code justnews50 to get 50% off. That's the code justnews50 at factormeals.com. One more time, factormeals.com slash justnews50. Use the justnews50 code and you will get 50% off your first order. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Hey, a big thank you to all of our guests today. Dr. Waleed Ferris, of course, always brings incredible wisdom and intelligence. You heard the stuff he talked about the FBI and all the concerns that they have about the border. Waleed Ferris, a true leader. And of course, Stephen Richards, a good reminder of all the good reporters we have here at justthenews.com. Breaking news that you can't get anywhere else. We're always grateful for that. Keep an eye on Just the News. We'll have more developments on that breaking news story out of Harvard, where the president of the university has stepped down in the midst of controversies over her ability to address anti-Semitism and her own academic research and questions of plagiarism, inadequate attribution. We'll have that covered all night. And I want to give you one more big shout out. As you know, my good friends at Birch Gold Group are always doing amazing things. I always grateful for their support. They've been with Justin News right from the start. I think one of our earliest partners and advertisers. Well, they're always running some pretty good specials and moments. And I want to give you the latest, which is at this moment with the markets volatile, with inflation being awful stubborn, with real estate market looking pretty shaky, uh, particularly the commercial real estate market. Uh, a lot of people are concerned and want to diversify. And the best way to diversify is with gold for my good friends at Birch Gold Group. For decades, gold has been the choice of investors and central banks to hedge against inflation. You saw all the central banks around the world buying up gold in 2023. They know something, right? Maybe you should follow their lead. Now you can own it, gold that is, in the tax sheltered IRA with the help of Birch Gold. Just text the word Just News to 989898 and Birch Gold will send you a free info kit on gold to help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. And the best part is you don't have to pay a penny out of your pocket with an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Thousands of satisfied customers, myself included. You can trust Birch Gold. Just text the word Just News to 989898 to claim your free info kit. Get started today. Do what the central banks are. Get some gold and diversify your portfolio before even more difficult economic times strike the globe, strike the United States, which a lot of people are worried about in 2024. Now, to claim your free info kit, all you got to do, one more time, text the word Just News to 989898 and secure investments in your savings right now. All right, folks, uh, that wraps up today's edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News. A big thank you to everyone. Happy New Year. Thank you for all of your support and readership. And thank you for listening today. We'll be back tomorrow with regular programming. Until then, God bless and have a great evening. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out. 
higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation, and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold, and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it, with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now.